It's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off limit for these potty mouth found mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No, no. holes barred. Hello! Hello, hello! Alright? Yeah, not a lot has changed really since yesterday when we recorded. <laughs> Give the illusion that it's Wait, days later. Try and think of something that's happening in my but life. But you want to know? Hang on, hang on, because I know that everyone will be listening. Wait oh, yeah. for the AMSR. Oh, Here she is. Did you hear oh, that? No, I didn't hear anything. Oh, I, heard, I, I heard a tiny little like mouse squeak. You said I sounded like a seagull. You did yesterday, but that was louder than that. Pathetic mm. slurp. Oh, here she is. She's uh, Actually, I don't even know. I can't believe that I haven't pointed this out yet. Are you drinking from a mason jar? Yeah. Look at this. What is what is this? Fucking London. East London trendy bullshit with a metal straw. Yeah, mate. I'm all about the environment. Remember? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so what what did you think? Of the um sex architect stroke cockologist. Cockologist. Um fascinating discussion there. It was the first time I'd heard it edited again, so that's good, isn't it? Just I'm just really involved in the process of this podcast. <laughs> Mate, you are so fucking involved. I'm so removed from life, aren't I? With it's all right. That's going it's on. all right. I can't um, wait to do this back to you. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, it will come. It will come. It did age, come two years ago when I fucking had a breakdown, mate. That's so true. Don't worry. It's don't true. Worry. We're just we're just playing ping emotional ping pong. I love Aren't emotional we? ping pong. There Just don't ping the ball back to me. I don't want it. You can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> she says, having spent all of last night crying. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, so let's not bother asking how we are. We're fine. We're stable. We're here. We're present. We can't be accounted for, but hey, we no, can't have everything it. in life, can we? No, I, I'm here physically, but I'm definitely not here mentally, I don't think. Mate, are you ever here mentally? No, not really, but even more so. Do you know so. what? I told myself, don't forget, at 11 o'clock you need to do something. What did I do? Oh, shit. She hasn't done it. Should we join a pause? Do you not ever get really anally retentive about if it's not bang on 11 o'clock? What, when you post something? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. I think I think the problem is with this job is that you can get a bit preoccupied with things like that. But actually, in the scheme of things, I don't oh, think wow. it makes any difference. Oh, no. It's based on nothing other than sheer luck. That's what I've decided. Yeah, yeah, and consistency. The luck, and, the, and the luck is just not in my favour. So. Yeah, it's like it's so elusive. It's the most elusive luck. It's. I think it's hard. It's probably easier to win the national lottery than it is I, to no, I do. I be successful on social media right now. So well, I don't know. know that that's agreeable because we're both successful on social media. But true. Oh, do you know what we could talk about? What's oh, new? Yeah. What's Go on. new? What's new? I'm banging threads. Oh, don't. I never did Twitter. I never had an account. I never used it. Nothing. It was, it well and truly passed me by. I never saw the point in it. And then it became a cesspit of evil, horrible people. So even yeah. more so, I wasn't interested in it. Um, but threads, I I actually quite enjoy. I just randomly put a load of whatever, whatever Twittering's going on in my head. Well, Obviously not all of it, because then nobody would listen and everyone would think I need to be assessed for. Well, I don't, what I don't understand disorder. about it, is it is it like a part of your Instagram? Do you have to go into a separate app to do it? Separate app. Forget it, I'm out. I can't be dealing, I cannot be dealing with another social media app that I become unhealthily addicted to, because I've already got two of those. 
mm-hmm. I'm heavily addicted to both of them. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not. And if it's not feeding yeah. into my Instagram That's account, positive. can't bother. I I think it's too much pressure. It's very different. It's very different. So it's not like I, yeah, it's a very different. So you've got to throw out all previous ideas of basically treat it like I imagine what you would have treated Twitter like. Like I said, obviously, I don't really understand Twitter. No. You just write something, put it up, and then, you know. I just, I don't, I never ever liked um, Twitter. I found I was too, I was afraid. on there there was a lot of angry men yeah so i think that that's the thing that well i haven't come across it anyway so is an angry man focused i think that a lot of people have moved over from twitter because they said about how much of a horrible place it had become okay and threads is nicer i don't fucking know i don't know yeah i just i know mate it's just it's another fucking thing i read this thing the other day about um our as, oh, as God, there we go. She's going to just wait for it, guys. Wait for it. Go on. Just about um, go on. just our mass use of, there of we go. sort of technology. There we go. Especially social media. There and, we are. Uh, the, the way it's all been designed is obviously to keep us hooked. But Absolutely. We're all going to look like fucking chimpanzees in 10 years, according that, yeah. to Vic. Yeah. No, no more that we'll look back in 10 years and much like we did with cigarettes, be like, how on earth did this go so sort of... Just I definitely think there will be yeah so there long. will be a form of revolution that happens with regards to social media and the way that it's used where people will be like you know how some people are like oh my god like I only drink coffee that's been shit out from a goat that freely roams the Himalayan mountains yeah or I think only drink mint tea that's had periods of it yeah like I that think one. that that is that will happen. You know, you're already seeing like the next generation of people. And I know quite a few actually who have said, I'm not having children because it's, it's, we are, you know, bring them onto a planet that is not sustainable. Yeah. And I think that that sustainability of like seeing the uh, mental impact that social media and just being on your phone too much has. I'm addicted to my phone. I get that. And I'm trying to be less addicted to it, but I find it hard. I do. And I I admit that. And I do see that. I'm not going to pretend like I don't. Well, it's Um, it's even more emphasized for us because it is our job. So, yeah. But like if I go out, I will, the only reason I'll take my phone is to listen to music. But yeah. Otherwise, I don't look on my phone. I don't read messages, nothing. I'm just out and listening to music. So I'm not even listening to fucking nature because I'm listening to, you know, Hard some type cafe. of heavy, Hard, heavy Hard metal. Hard rock cafe. <laughs> fucking hell. No, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. Things are never going to be that bad. I've got a spot oh. on my back. It's really pissing me off. Oh, my God. I've had so many spots on my back, you know. I don't understand what that is. What is that a sign of? Acne. I know it's called back me, but what's it a sign of? It's like none on my face, just on my back. It's so annoying. Probably the heat is sweaty and yeah, um, sun cream in it clogs the outdoors. In, in, in it, in it, bloody sun cream in it. Oh, right, <laughs> let's let's discuss cockologist because um, yeah. we're about to go into part two of the conversation that you had with her. Yeah. Um, what were your takeaways from that first half of the conversation? How did you feel about the um, flaccid penis in the mouth comment? The What was it called? Non-erect fellatio. Yeah. Well, you know what? I do talk about it in the second half because when she was talking about that, I immediately thought of the girl who said that her husband had or her partner had erectile dysfunction because of... Um, he'd had chemotherapy or something, hadn't yeah, he? Yeah, I remember. I yeah. immediately thought of her and I thought about how actually... 
reframing the idea of it not being a sexual entity. And I thought for people like that. I, I know that you're trying to make a really nice sensitive point, but I just can't get the sort of image out of my head. Can we can we note that I tried to be serious and she laughed? I'm not laughing at the chemo penis, don't worry. I'm allowed to joke about cancer, okay? Because I'm living it right now. You are. It's so not you, is, but you are. Not Adrian, don't scare my, everybody. No, my, my dad. Your dad. My dad is, um, yes, very much in, in the trenches of it. And it has, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's wrecked him. So let's just put it that way. So I'm allowed to laugh, but keep my penis, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not sure I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. So I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> anyway, She's not, but... <laughs> it's the image of... I wouldn't be able to get cock and balls in. It would be like trying to thumb in a soft penis into a vagina. Do you know what I mean? It keeps slopping back out, especially the balls. You get one nutsack in, then it's no guarantee yeah. you're going to get the other one in. Do you know, it just, you know, those like stress balls like that are full of tiny drinking gel. soup. Like, <laughs> like, trying to get it all in. You know, those stress balls that are full of those tiny little balls of gel yeah. and the way they move about. Yeah. That is the consistency of that. Yeah. So it's, I feel like it would be a choking hazard more than anything. I mean, you've got a point. You raise a very valid point. Yeah. Very, it's, it's Unless you've got like a seagull's gullet and you can just like... <laughs> engulf. Yeah, like engulf it all the way. Yeah. I mean, but how, I said how, to Steve, it would be like... Talking. Rob's got tiny balls, actually. I'd be all right. Steve hasn't. He hasn't got gigantic balls. They're just normal. Yeah. I don't know. They're just normal size. But I said... Steve doesn't have the capacity to be able to stay flaccid if I even look at it, let alone put it in my mouth. It would be like blowing up a balloon. Yeah, and I know what she was saying because it was about, you know, it's still sexual. But then I'm also like, is it? (laughs) I guess guess for uh, some people, you know, that may be, that have those issues. You know, for instance, Steve sometimes gets a hard-on if I'm driving the car, so... He's what? a different. What I know, do you mean? Mate. He he gets a really different. <laughs> Why? I don't know. He don't know either. Uh, so is it the? Does he? Can he? Let's just like you know. I need to sort of dissect that, mate. <laughs> that's the man that I live with. That's how. That's that's the man that I live with. Getting erections <laughs> over fucking cars. No, it's when I'm driving. No. Like, why? I just know. That's the strangest thing what, I've ever heard. What is it about? It's just because he's just a very penis driven man i guess i mean I literally yeah maybe you're <laughs> driving his penis maybe that's what it is i don't know it's... is it you caressing the gear stick it's quite phallic that isn't it yeah but i can't say i caress it i just smack it around so maybe well, that's, maybe that's what it is yeah yeah maybe he yeah. wants a little slap and tickle oh, um i've seen steve in a whole new light now i really have <laughs> fucking well i'm gonna call him a car pervert that's what he is <laughs> he sticks it in the exhaust pipes um but I guess if you're in a relationship with somebody that does have those kinds of issues, yeah. that what she's trying to do is she's trying to break that barrier of like, don't make it a, oh, okay, well, you know, we can't be sexual in that moment. Yeah. Whereas for me, I'd like to see for fuck's sake. Yeah. I can't help it, babe. No, you know? I, I, I still he's like feel. A, he's like a teenage boy. It, that would be like sucking off a jellyfish because it's just <laughs> all floppy and everywhere. Steve doesn't like Steve doesn't like anything to do with his ball bags either, as yeah. does Rob. Rob doesn't either, does he? No, so no. it's a no go zone. I'm it's afraid. a big, it's a big one for him as well. And you know, obviously, Steve and I have had a discuss, deep conversation about all of this with no, no erection, and um, 
Until you got in the car. <laughs> Until I got on the car, touched the gear stick and he was away. Uh, and that was the one thing that he said. He was like, my big no-go area is don't touch my balls. There we go. And on that mm. note, shall we continue the conversation don't, with Melissa? I don't think Steve feels particularly, he won't be particularly happy that I've divulged that information. Divulged that information. Tough shit, mate. This is no holes barred. To be fair, you're married Rob, to us. You've signed Rob, away all without a shadow of a fucking doubt. Has been beasted the most on this podcast, hasn't he? I think everyone knows about his hairy bum hole. Uh, or is what did you call it? Is anal rat? <laughs> anal rat. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one too. There's no shame here. <laughs> That's brilliant. All right, right, go on. Let's dive on into Melissa and her um, garden of blood and uh, cock worshipping. Here we go. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask was what is the best bit about your job? What is the bit that you love? It's witnessing people coming back home to themselves. When women learn to understand that men are here to provide for us, when they learn to trust, like when I have so many single women coming to me that you know don't feel safe in the world, can't trust men, are annoyed, and they come into this space where they're receiving men they're loving men they're they're in a whole new world and for me and they're loving men also on a basis that we are equal I guess is that what it is that actually you know what there is what what would you what would you define that as that level of safety because I know what you're referring to so my a lot of my work come you know when it comes working with women towards men it's we emasculate men all the time men we live in a world full of emasculated men and disempowered men just as disempowered women and so when i'm working with women is coming home to their body where they you know become orgasmic themselves in their own power they're not afraid to be that way for themselves and ask for what they want and when they start to realize that in their world around them, that men are there to support them and that men are not all dangerous and men are not yeah. all assholes, you know, that it's not because we have that. And you watch, I mean, you just have to think about how you're raised in your family dynamic, how your grandmother spoke to your grandfather, how your mother spoke to your father, how your grandmother speaks to your own son. Like if you yeah. start to notice how we speak to boys and not to girls, it's yeah. really fucking painful. Yeah. And then for men, it's it's when men, when men have ejaculation choice, when they suddenly realize that when they when they work out women, it's like, oh, women are not, it's like, yeah, we're, you know, a lot, a lot of men is like, oh, so I had this young guy, this young Israeli guy years ago, just like on the third week, he was so overwhelmed. Oh my God, you women are so involved. And then at the end of three months, he's so embracing of him knowing how to maneuver his way with women and through the Fuck body. It out. Where, wherever these men are that you have trained, can you send them to the fucking UK? I get up it all the time. But my biggest thing for men is when they when they have ejaculation choice. When they're masturbating, they're making love with their woman and they can do that all week. They can masturbate every single day, make love with their woman twice in that week. And, and it's then, not just to be about the final conclusion not, no, is I and have they, to come. Actual yeah, and pleasure they, and comes they, from yeah. just sex itself. Yes. And they gift their woman their ejaculate when their woman is begging for it and they get to experience their woman begging for it and they still say no and their woman's just like... <laughs> give it to me and it's so gorgeous because it's they find their freedom and and also because I know that everyone's going to be gagging to know this have you (laughs) physically sat and watched a couple 
during the experience of sex to kind of like critique or not critique that's the wrong word so it's all done privately so you'll sit there and be like look mate you need to fucking control your cock you mate, you need clothed. to tweak your nipples i know i'm sorry to disappoint everyone but i'm fully clothed in all of my sessions it's a zoom call like this fully clothed i send pds we talk you know it's kind of, it's like coaching yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? because then yeah, and I have a. But when you were doing your your cock off, where you were like trying, where you were doing like, like your tantric massage and stuff like that, that was you physically being there, and while you were fully dressed, they were naked, and then you were working through their bodies to try and teach them to basically be the best cocker of their of of existence That's right. to occupy their cock. Hence okay, the name. I'm sending Steve to Mexico, and I know that Vic's sending Rob as well. <laughs> well, I also will I create private curated retreats i've got a one for women in october i just did one all around the central blueprints and stuff so yeah anyone that wants to come to mexico women want to come and you know a business I, trip i mean shit i can't think of anything better <laughs> podcast from mexico sponsorship <laughs> for that babe let's get sponsorship so us. that is your best bit what's the worst bit about your job what's what's the bit that's challenging or hard <laughs> what's really right. challenging is when because this is deep sexual work like this is is deep work it's yeah. your life it's a life coach so what's challenging is is when people are like three four weeks in and they're just you know it's like people often want stuff done for them but totally. this is deep life work so they come in three four weeks in and they're like oh yeah you know and they're about you can see it's like you stick with it you're gonna have a huge fucking breakthrough I think the worst, the worst, one of the most um, painful one was a woman who was just refusing to let her place her sword down towards her husband. She wouldn't give up emasculating him. She was right. It was all his fault. She hated him. No responsibility. Together. And it's so painful because also the pain of the man that's in that. So the painful part for me is watching two people that are together that shouldn't be together in this belief that, well, we've got kids we need to stay together or that we marry. And it's like, so you are completely, you are a hundred percent on board with the idea that some people just shouldn't be together. Oh yeah. A reason even our lifetime. What's that? Sorry. Our relationships are for a reason, a season or a lifetime. There's not many lifetimes left. I mean, yeah. you know, my age at 50 and people coming. Oh, yeah. Sometimes... Are, you ma- are you married or in a relationship right now? Do you mind me asking? I'm in a few of them. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, you got some situationships going on. Uh, some loverships, I call them. There's so much Loverships. Fun. I love yeah. it when you call them lovers. Oh, I like some people have such, especially in Mexico, they freak out about that word. Why? I love, love it. Well, in their culture, and I was engaged to a young Mexican, young Mexican man in Vancouver once, and we were talking, you know, talking about all of the different lovers, and he completely shut down because in his culture, the men get married and they'll have their lovers, and that's accepted, but the woman won't. So that's why lovers is the right, hidden. Okay, I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh yes, I'm looking for a new lover, and did I have a lover for this? And I have a lover. And for do that. you I'm still like, believe in marriage, or are you now like actually marriage isn't for me? Like, is it is it that you would much rather be free in your ability to be able to kind of move from one relationship mm. to the next? Like, what? Well, how do you? It's feel such about- a good question. I fully believe for me the type of relationship I want, where sex is medicine 
where it works our stuff. Like this is deep core stuff. This is also epigenetic stuff. When you use sex as medicine, I have no problem being in a committed relationship just with one other person. Because mm-hmm. also the word monogamy is misused. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you no matter what monogamy means. It comes from the Catholic Church. Um, it, so to be in a one-on-one relationship where we where sex is our medicine and we're using that to deepen and clear, like where we're completely committed to union and love, mm-hmm. which is also bringing sex and sexuality into it and pushing our edges. So for me at my age, at the age of 50, finding someone that's really willing to do that is And also, I think if I know that you said your period stopped a year ago, so I'm, you know, I obviously don't want to assume, but for you saying you're 50, your periods have stopped, so you are in the menopause. I mean, regenopause, honey. Menopause is a construct made by the regenopause. So you are in the regeneration of the pause, yeah? Which rejuvenating. Yeah, rejuvenating our orgasms change. We're juicier. We have more fucking. I've never had so much energy in my life. So this is the thing that I want to talk to you about because this is the biggest issue around a lot of women that go through the menopause is that they completely lose this idea of a libido, that they are drier, like that there's so much around the fact that these things happen. Now you are going through your rejuvenation. So what do you what would you say to women out there that feel that way? Is it because of the fact that they are battling with this idea of sexuality? Or like, mm. what, what are your thoughts on yeah. that? So, you know, often when women get to perimenopause or menopause, this is what we're focusing on. <laughs> I'm in menopause now. Issues, problems, all of this stuff that's coming up isn't because of menopause. It started from the moment you first started bleeding. A young girl that starts bleeding at the age of 14 is required to be in a man's world made by men. There is no fucking room in this world for half of the planet that bleeds. Girls get given um, products with chemicals in it to stick them inside of that. No man would stick that shit in their anus. They Mm -hmm. would not because there's chemicals in it. And the doctors would go, don't do that. No, it would be totally different if men bled. It would be, yeah. So, so. When we look at issues at menopause, it has started. Girls shouldn't be going to school when they're bleeding. That you know, the, the dark moon, the day before her bleed, especially the first day of a bleed, when her whole uterus lining is letting go. We're not meant to be fucking taking exams. We go to school and we get teased. We're like, we have to be on. Our brains are hormonally in a different chemical makeup than they were two weeks before. So we are hormonally deficient. And when deficient as we're not, you know, they are in a different arena in our body. So we're deficiently in the brain to be able to stay on. Our body is releasing. So we learn straight away that we need to hide it. So our body, our nervous system is full of shame. Our nervous system is full of like, you know, we need to fix it. Then we put our girls on the pill, which is straight away starts controlling them. So, you know, chemically fucking up their body. Mm -hmm. So by the time, and then we live, we have to work. You know, if we work for in companies and businesses, we've got to still go to work when we're bleeding. We've still got to be on. So we spend our whole life in a man's world, in a female body that's governed by the moon. So we're getting up on a Monday, going to bed. Like, it's just fucking ridiculous. It's like consistently sticking. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's trying to stick a horse into a chicken coop consistently. 
Yeah. Sleep in the fucking chicken coop every single night for us. You know, imagine, imagine like that, that animal that is meant to be wild and free. Yeah. Well, we do do, do that to horses, but you know, wild and free being put into a, a little chicken coop every night. But we, so by the time we get to menopause, we're exhausted. We caught, we spent 40 years being cortisol based because this is the other thing around pleasure. Like the reason I'm such a pleasure advocate is got, is not just, oh, let's have fun. Our body fucking needs it. Our testosterone levels, yeah. we have 13 to 15% of testosterone than men do. So basically every single day under the sun calendar that we're forced to live in, by the time 10 a.m. comes, most women have depleted all of their testosterone and now their body has to use cortisol, produce cortisol to keep on going to now go to work, to now do this. For some women, it's by 9 a.m. They're dropping their kids off at school and they're just like wiped. So we then, because we're not rejuvenating, we're not doing 10 minutes of pleasure because we're not doing whatever, you know, rebooting yeah. our system with hormones that are needed, the body starts producing cortisol. So we have 30 years of that. And then we give birth and then we go back to work during that birth. And then we, we're raising children and a relationship in isolation. Man, woman... I mean, this is big concepts, but this is what happens in menopause. By the time a woman's body reaches this incredible rite of passage where we are now the wise woman, in many ancient cultures, once a woman stopped bleeding, now she can teach. Any woman in her maiden and mother, she doesn't get to teach because she hasn't been through all of the cycles um, and she hasn't reached to her crone stage. Also, too, when we, any woman, I mean, I know so many people that are, oh, my God, no, I'm 30, I'm so old, and people are worried about being in their 40s. This is all in our nervous system and in our brains. Yeah. So we also have this trauma of I'm not fuckable, I'm not relatable, Yeah. Um, no one listens to me, number one, I'm a woman, now I'm an old woman, so now I get dismissed in the supermarket, I get dismissed everywhere. That's also another reason why I live on this continent. As a woman, you're this space made for you. Um. So this is all in our, every time we see something like that, all of the jokes, all of the shit that goes on, our body's like, why would we want to go through it? Yeah. So we have to look at the mental um, and energetic, uh, energetic, um, the energetics of that, of what we deal with the whole time as women in our own bodies, um, living in a, in a world made by men for men. Yeah. And so then we get to this stage, which is a beautiful rites of passage. Our body's so fucking exhausted. It is, it's not menopause, it's the last 35 years. Yeah. So we're and we don't follow our cycle. We don't work to our cycle. We don't parent following our cycle. We don't have relationships following our cycle. It's I mean, I, I I parent my cycle in that when I'm in the lead up to my period, I'm an absolute angry, horrible bitch bag. Um, but I think, yeah, you're, and you know, I can completely appreciate what you're saying. I think that there's not enough in worshiping women for who they are, what they are, and what they do. And I completely understand exactly that. And then being trapped into this idea of um, being undesirable, not being good enough, never being the, you've had the best years of your life. And like I'm entering now. Mm -hmm. I'm getting close to my 40s you know I was called middle-aged the other day and I was like what the fuck like I didn't realize that this was middle-aged but I refuse to be the person that ages out as a woman because I think like fuck I've had mm -hmm. such a shit I've had a lot of really shit I've had a lot of good experiences a lot of shit experiences in my life and I have literally unzipped the person that I was living 
two years mm. ago for the whole of my life. I've unzipped from her and I stepped out of her and I'm now me. And then someone's going, it's the beginning of the end. And I'm like, fuck off. It's, you know, like, oh, yeah, but you've got the menopause next. It's like, well, OK, that's fine. I don't care what I have to do, but I'm not going to fucking suffer through it because I have only I am 39 years in and I have only just fucking found myself. So that's yeah. like and just like hearing you talk about the, the process of menopause and the fact that it isn't this process, it isn't this doom and gloom of, yeah, you, you're fucked now because, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're you're not going to be able to bear children. And that you can go on to live on and be the person that you are and still hold that identity and still explore sexuality really freely. It's really important for me because I'm quite a sexual person. Um, and so the idea of that going freaks me out. And I know I won't be the mm-hmm. only fucking woman that says that either. Well, we're conditioned to believe that, as you say, over the hill, we're going to be missing out. If you go into ancient teachings, like in the Taoist cultures, like our orgasms change. The fact that we're not bleeding, mm-hmm. yeah. The fact, and this, you know, in our culture, it's like we're saying, well, now that we can't possibly produce children, but can you imagine? This is the thing. This is the oxymoron. Once we've reached menopause, we don't hold value because we can't possibly produce children anymore. Yeah. And now we're going to be. But then, any woman who gives birth at the age of forty, fucking public scrutiny yeah so it's like you need to be able to so that you hold value but don't you fucking dare yeah it's <laughs> like our whole life you need to be pretty but don't you dare use it yeah you, to, you, know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's like don't you dare like you need you you have to be beautiful for us to talk to you but don't you fucking believe that you're beautiful because we'll cut you dead like it's yeah just no that's a hundred percent our society is absolutely mm. mental but the, yeah. the other thing because i said to you about obviously the worst bit, the good bit, two other major questions that I have Mm. that I would find really interesting. Now, I think I know the answer to the second one, but my first question to you is, have you ever fallen for one of the people that you've worked with? No, I have not actually. Now, my other question to you. No, I don't think so. Is has anyone fallen for you? I'm going to say that must be a hard yes. Um... Because of what you're you're bringing maybe. them, yeah, maybe. I have to go back to yes. I haven't fallen someone that I've worked with one on one. Someone has purchased my course, like the replays. I had a man like when the whole pandemic. So yes, I have to go back. Yes, I have fallen for someone that's taken my course, like he purchased a replay. So I never worked with him one on one, and that was a big boundary for me too. That. Um, when we were having calls and stuff, when he was checking in about the course material he'd been in, once that was finished, then there needed to be a space. And then it was like, we never actually met. It was always on really? phone calls and stuff. Yeah. So we never actually ended up meeting. Um, so that was that. But that was like, yeah, no, no one one-on-one. Yeah. And has anyone fallen for me? Oh, because I work with so many people that are coupled and then they all get girlfriends and I seriously cannot sit here and go I can tell by discovery when men are coming to me thinking that things are going to happen and they're going to get me on call and we're going to be naked I can I can these guys can't my questionnaire and the way that I come the way that my business is you know presented and how I get on the discovery call 
those men don't even get on the discovery call. Do they not? Lie. Because they're all, they already. No, because they can't. Because I because I'm not a maiden. I'm a I'm a woman. I yeah. have really good boundaries. This is a business. Yeah. You can tell by the way that they book the call. Then they cancel. Book the call again. Then they, and I'm like, yeah, three three tries. You're out. Yeah. No, you don't waste my time this way. And guys that then book a call. And then they, you know, because I always have a WhatsApp connection as well. We've got to connect just to make sure. I live in Mexico. Electricity goes out. I might have to run down somewhere, yeah. you know. Um, and so and do you work me. all around the world? So there is yeah. no there is no place not, that is. All of my clients between Australia, Thailand, um, Estonia, Bulgaria, Lisbon, all of the, I mean, I know Lisbon's a city everywhere. Or every single and would country. you say that there is one particular continent area that you find is most open, willing or interested? Like if you had a lot of particular clients that are from a certain area that you're like, yeah, these guys are like full on fucking invested into this approach of life. So I tell you what happened two years ago. I had eight clients that were and they all came individually, but they all passed each other on to me. And they were from the ages of 23 to 28. Wow. All men that were like, I'm not, you know, wanted to get off porn. The amount of men that come saying I need to No, go. really? Oh, yeah, honey. I mean, porn is so fucking damaging. Porn yeah. weakens men. It's so fucking damaging. It's violence towards women. They learn mm. how to punish and hate fuck women. And then wonder why the woman doesn't want to have sex. And it's so fucking painful. It's so and men lose relationships. I mean, you know, let's get honest. And the men that are listening, that you lose relationships because of it. I've, I've, I can tell when a lover because on my dating thing it says, you know, <laughs> and this is only my stuff. You know, like there's two, two. I have two boundaries, major boundaries, and one of them is if you watch porn. I can tell. You can tell women. Oh, all women. You can tell when a man watches a lot of porn mm-hmm. by the way he grabs you, the way he, how he wants to fuck you. And I just, I've gotten out of bed just like. No, this is not happening. Really? No, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. And like when you date men, are you are you okay with dating? I'm so fucking intrigued. Are you in are you like let's say for instance you were to meet a guy that was completely fucking unaware of your approach to sex if there was a connection would you be like I am going to teach you how to fucking control that penis so that we can have sex for months? So it's so interesting, isn't it? Biggest I've kernel. just recently had a gorgeous, t- a gorgeous, um, a really incredible uh, lovership over a week and a bit with a young Englishman. <laughs> I love how it's like it's just it was just a week. This week. Well, we met just before he left the country, which is really fucking annoying. Um, but and this is the thing is like getting together with someone because of I always do a communication container. So there's always a tantric container. There's always like meeting outside of their house first and play. And yes, I have to maneuver around. It's like, are you willing to do a love, fears and desires, a communication container? If he's unwilling and he thinks that it's nothing wrong if you've never heard of it, mm-hmm. if he's not willing to do that, he doesn't get access to my body. Yeah. 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 I love because that. If you can't take the time to do this, because my body, I know how my body gets turned on. Once she's turned on, she's fucking insatiable and you better hang on for the ride. Yeah. But that could take a day. That could take a whole night, yeah. you know. And it's also, as women, we're always, we need to test to see what's going to happen. So I always say, what, you know, how do you feel about taking penetration off the table tonight? If the guy has a full-on reaction, I mean, I'm not saying that it's going to be off. Yeah. But, but, I need but let's just go into this and think, you know what, we're not, we're yeah. not going into that. And so for you, could that literally just be like kissing, 
like literally it's all genital yeah kissing genital worship lots okay. of play lots of laughter you know a three-hour sex date often turns into like six seven eight hours of lots of playing lots of kissing lots of talking feeding each you know getting up fuck it's one o'clock we haven't eaten let's cook food then you're cooking food and then you're you know turning each other on in the kitchen like to me it's like the whole house the do whole you ever just get fucking tired no because sexual energy is the only extra energy you've got honey I get tired if there's lots of output, like if there's, you know, and no, but no. That's like when you're in it. Our na- natural senses. And I'm also, the thing is, then, of course, once you know someone yeah. and once you've got this electric play, there's quick fucks. It's like, I mean, I've I've had lovers before where it's like, I know that they're in an office, like four blocks away. I finished with a client call. I've got one in half an hour, checked in. He goes, fuck, I've only got 15 minutes. I said, fucking come 15 minutes. Come in, come straight in the door. And like we set a timer. And by the time he's arrived, he's got to leave in 12 minutes. So we set a timer for 12 minutes. And you just, I just suck his cock for 12 minutes. And the timer goes off, he has to go. That's, that's sex. How much fucking fun is that? I think I've ever heard you speechless. I listen to your podcast all the time. I've never, ever experienced this moment. So, <laughs> at, like, at the moment, how many, at, like, with what, you know, do you have a min and a max, you know, like, a, I'm going to tap out at, I've got 12 loverships right now, oh, and I'm how managing. How would that be? It's, do you know what? I actually don't date and I don't get to date as much as many people think because also too, I'm in a city now, so it's a bit different and I've just gotten back on dating. I just had 18 months of no sex and I and that finished two months at why? Why? Because so, so you went celibate, no touching of the minge, nothing. It was, I Oh, am. no, 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 no. Not having sex with another is not. Yeah. No, okay. I was. So, so it was literally doing all of my rejecting the penis. I yeah. I stopped engaging with men for 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped. Yeah. Put a stop on the cock. Yeah. Um, that also had to do with what was going on with my son and I. Yeah. And then, you know, as we shared before, he's um, moved to um to Europe so we also had a pretty heavy year so I really brought my energy back in I had my own work to do um I was really building my business as well so building my business being a full-time mom with a teenage boy and just knowing that you know we had to really I had to really be there for him so I as far as energy output also too is having such shitty experiences on dating apps and I'm because I didn't go out a lot because I was in my work and with parenting Mm -hmm. um I just, so I just closed the energy because it was just like this leaky energy for me. So what I found after spending 18 months of not having sex and not engaging, trying to have sex, when I got back on the dating apps, I had a really different attitude and boom, boom, I got two lovers straight away. One of them's moved. And then I went off again for another four weeks going, it just got really icky again. Yeah. And I just went back last week. And, um, but then, yeah. So at the moment I have two lovers. And, and a lover like, could literally be <laughs> one, like just a one-nighter. Or uh, could it, or would you say like a lover for you? Because to me, in my mind, I think a lover, I think that's quite like a long-term idea. But for you, yeah, it's, it's more... repeated. Yeah, it's repeated. Yeah. A one-night is, you know, it's a yummy love affair, isn't it? But because I live in a city where it's, you know, a lot of tourists. I don't like engaging. It's always like, you know, how long, if someone's here just for a week, I'm like, have fun. I'm not, it's a lot of effort on both parts. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not just going to have a quick fuck where my, I'm not even turned on and we don't even have a sense of humor. And, and, you know, yeah. you know, the amount of, Oh, I leave tomorrow. Let's have dinner tonight. I'm like, no, thanks. No, thanks. Yeah. And also no. because I think when you've done as much work as you have on yourself, why the fuck are you going to waste like an ounce of your energy trying to then turn yeah. on this engine yeah. that's going to yeah. be like stoked for half a second when he then comes yeah. at your back and it's like, Oh, okay, great. Thanks very much for that. Like yeah. that's, but that's incredible. And it's like the personal journey of like 11 years of you, obviously like everybody else would, you know, crossing the border of Costa Rica from Australia with their son and four suitcases. I mean, fucking hell, you, you belong on Oprah, mate. To have started that journey to mm. be where you are now and like, you know, sharing this opportunity, you know, because there's a lot of people that would take this stance of what you do and and what you've learned and saying, this is just who I am. This is what I want to take for myself. But it's the fact that you're wanting to make this an opportunity for everybody to benefit from, that you're so passionate about it, that you want women and men, because it, it kind of goes hand in hand that if a man knows how to be sexually liberated, that is only ever then going to benefit their partner. Um, and it that's one of, it's one, sorry to cut you off. I'm just, no, like, no, no, go. <laughs> when a man is in his power, when he has ejaculation choice and he chooses when, how, with who, and he experiences freedom, he is so fucking trustworthy. Yeah. yeah? And it's so sick. It is so beautiful. Like it brings tears to my eyes. It's when the woman can relax, when we can relax and we can let go in the face of that man. It is so exquisite. And what happens is- if your husband's always got a fucking erection? Because like the problem with Steve <laughs> is if half my nipples hanging oh, my out of my dog top, just stopped up. He's, so he's- sorry, your, your husband's always going to, you get to play with it all the time. He needs to understand that just because he's got a hard cock, doesn't mean that you're responsible for his arousal and to help with it. Oh, he fucking knows that, that, don't worry. Yeah, or that he needs to have ejaculation. It's so much play. You can, like, as I say, 12-minute sucking cock dates. Because for me, mate, for me, if I I wake up in the morning and my kids are downstairs and they're demanding breakfast, at no point I'm thinking, shove it in, just my mouth, just the tip. Let's let's tease out my testosterone and we'll get back to it later. So what would you say to all the new mums out there that are fucking utterly exhausted going, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to reach that? Like, what would you say to those women out there right now? If you could have them in front of you, what would you say? What would be your firm bit of advice to all of those women that are listening to this and going, that's never going to be me. I'm never going to be able to get to that. What is your what is your fucking tantra? Mantra? Tantra? The tantra mantra. Tantra, my, 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 tantra, my tantric tantrum. Um, <laughs> we're all responsible for our own pleasure. So when we're in exhaustion, we need to be really protective of our boundaries of like, I need to have a fucking bath on my own. Okay. I need to have this afternoon on my own. This is what I say when when we go into relationship and we decide to have children, fuck the bigger house and the double garage, get help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck the bigger house. Get help in the house that you're in. Like seriously, get help. That if that's a decision you have to make, if you can have it all, awesome. But our 
our nervous system needs to be nurtured. So before we can go to another, we need to have our own self-care. Everyone says, you know, make sure you look after yourself. And it is, it's, I know it gets over said sometimes, but we need to have breast massage, massage your own breast, have your tea, have your coffee, wear what you want, whatever it is, go out with you, go, go and have, go and watch a movie on your own, go to a play, do something. You have to get away. I raised my child, the continuing concept where you carry them all the time. They breastfed till he was ready to stop, you know, co-slept all of that stuff. But still you find another woman that's going to carry the baby and swaddle the baby and walk through the park for three hours while you go to a movie on your own. You have to look after yourself so that you can come to the other. The other thing is have a conversation in relationship of sex doesn't mean penetration. Yeah. What's your love languages? Start speaking to each other deeply in your love. It's our responsibility to speak to our partner in their love language. So find out what your love languages are. Find out what your erotic blueprint is. So for many, and this is not just indicative to women, I've had male clients that are energetic. If you have an energetic blueprint and you know, touch too soon or too quickly, or someone so close to you shuts your nervous system down. Understanding that is the game changer. So this is that other part of being responsible for our own pleasure, for our own self, because it's not going to happen to you. You need to create the space, and that becomes non-fucking negotiable. Yeah, because you're not here. And would you say it's in those space. moments when you when you can learn actually from a partner you are you are not the person that I was meant to be with because this sort of really important process of me wanting to explore sexuality and be more in touch with myself and then that rejection from them that that kind of then creates that gap where you go wow what the fuck are we doing together because actually this should be a priority for us both. Other, I mean, I always say this to my clients. It's like, are you together to be together in intimacy? Or did you get on Craigslist and put out an advert? I want a woman to have my kids. You're going to be exhausted. Um, you're not going to have any fun. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to have sex for five years. And you're going to, and the only time you do, we're going to pump out three children. We're going to go into debt and we're going to be in renovations. And are you up for that? Yeah. <laughs> no one ever signs up for that. But we're expected to put up with it. Yeah. So it's like, and we start small. You can't make, it's like, we start small. Why are you together? What is the point? What is the, what is the point of your relationship? What do you guys want to do together? What, where do you want to grow together? What do you want to create together? And what are you doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to contribute to what you guys are wanting to create together and how you become a team and mm. to become a team is not just around business, household and children. It's a team in the relationship because what happens in divorce? Yeah. The children get split up. The houses get split up. The business gets split up. If you're not going to put intimacy in the center, the lack of intimacy will fucking tear your health and your finances and your family apart. And so many people are willing to go down this track it's astounding the amount of people that are willing to be on the track of ripping this apart, then having a three-hour intimacy, making sure they get together with the person that's just birthed their children or the person that's out there working his ass off to provide for, you know, the, they're not willing to get together with them for three hours. Yeah. A week to just hug, just to hold, just to kiss, just to laugh, just to suck cock. Just to suck cock. I mean, I fucking hate sucking cock. I'm not going to lie, Melissa. Oh, do you? Oh, my God, honey. It's my most 
favorite thing. I have cot with coffee. I've had cot with chocolate. I have cot with ice cream. I have cot with mezcal. I have, oh, fuck, it's my favorite thing. But he's got to be able to receive. A man that can't receive, if he keeps trying to grab me and keeps trying to sit up, that's really yeah. annoying. Later so that's your, that's your, I mean, I, I personally find it, it's just, you know, I'd much rather lube the hoover up and just be like, crack on, babe, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's also like, you know, how the images that are given just to suck cock is a whole cock in your mouth. Like I play so much, you know, it's like, you know what, this has been really like, quite inspiring for me to listen to, because I think it's, it's, you've broken down a lot of barriers just for me. And I imagine there'll be a lot of other women and men. You've broken down a lot of barriers for me of like what I hold as sexual and also being able to say like, if there's a sexual experience that you have and you enjoy it and he enjoys it, what's to say that that isn't sex? Why does it always have to end with this idea of this really dated sort of situation where it's like, oh yeah, and now we have to have sex. What if we don't? What if we we don't have sex? And then that sort of the anticipation and the lust continues. Because I know that. I've definitely known I've and I've felt that in recent times where I'm like, oh my God, I can't have sex with you right now. But you know, like we passionately kiss and then it's left. Fuck, I'm tantric and I didn't even realize it. Yes, and this is the thing where we believe we're missing out. And the reality is for most women, and this is really heartbreaking for men to understand, but then we also get to understand how men feel pressured all the time. Penetration is really fucking underwhelming for most women most of the time. Penetration alone is not enough. And and also to the fact that it's not even that great, but we're doing it because we believe it needs to. And then the man's also going for it because we believe that's what he needs to do to succeed. Yeah. So for men to understand that they don't need to be penetrating the woman for there to be sex, as you say, like there's a big juicy kiss that he can, you know, he can just like suck your nipples under a timer for seven minutes, and then you've got to take. <laughs> I love that. You've got to go and get- I'm not even going to say her because she's in the room. But if you were to say the person that starts with the letter A, set a timer for, and then she were to go off and be like, seven minutes of nipple sucking is over. I mean, that's fucking great. I can't. Because if I say it, she's genuinely going to set an alarm in my my living room for seven minute nipple sucking, which, you know, is not on the agenda tonight. I've got a cake on the side that I'm going to eat in a minute. (laughs) And it won't be with cock. I was, I was going to say, you know, you knew I was about to say that. Eat the cake off his cock. How much fun. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I want to also say um, where, because I know that there will be people that will want to find you. Where can mm. they find you on social media? What is your, ta- what is your, your account yeah. called? So, the, I mean, my account on Instagram is The Pleasure Studio, all three words together, because I have a backup, because as you imagine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> fucking Instagram and it's censorship bullshit. Oh my goodness! So I'm Melissa Louise. You Melissa Louise, the Pleasure Studio. Um, so there is a backup with a full stop in between the things, but once you get there, I always send people. Okay, this okay. is my real account. Um, and yeah, Melissa Louise World. I have a whole. I'm actually got men in the moment. I've got a group of men as I launch my Occupy Your Cop course in the school, but it is an evergreen. So men can get in that if men get into that. At the moment, while I'm, you can get all of the replays of the coaching calls. And I then kind of catch up. 
yeah, catch up or, the, or you know, I don't know when this episode is going to go live. It's like if they get in there, it's all in there. That's an evergreen course. Um, I have a whole section on pussyology and there's, there's cockology, pussyology and relationships. So it's just. And can I you teach- add there's going to be sexual architecture? You need to add that. <laughs> That's right. Oh, there's, I'm, I have another account called The Sexual Architecture. Oh, my God, I'm writing that. That is so fun. And guess what I'm just getting, what I'm getting proofread right now. You're going to love this. Um, I've You know how you have, uh, what do you call them, um, tarot cards? Yeah. Cards? I've just created the cockology cards. Oh, shit, the bed. Of course you have. They need to come out for Valentine's Day, which I'm sure you hate because it's a social construct that's created by the advertising companies. I'm sure you hate Valentine's Day. Uh, like, but- really? You just get one day. Sunday, yeah. Every Sunday is Valentine's Day for me. Friday, Sunday. Because I guess it's whatever lover, right? I mean, fucking hell. <laughs> Set the time, set the timer, get the egg timer out. I'll suck your cock for 12 minutes. And Melissa, it has been nothing short of an absolute fucking pleasure uh, to just take in everything that you said and your, your take on what has been something quite negative. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, the, and, and you've kind of come through that and you've worked through that. And I am a deeper believer especially uh someone who's in therapy and has been for a while Mm -hmm. in deep work I think that it revolutionizes the way in which we live and we understand ourselves and we move forward and I can definitely say hand on heart that myself for what the deep work that I've done how that's changed my sexual relationship as well has been significant Mm -hmm. and it's nowhere near as deep as what you've done so while I am not drenching the flowers with my vag um I can a hundred percent. I can a hundred percent really take on board what you said, and it is valuable, and it's helped me. So, I just oh, want to say thank you, thank you so much. Like honestly, it's it's been it's been wonderful. I mean, it, hour and twenty minutes we've basically sat, and I could ask you a million more fucking things. I really could. It's been it's been incredible. So I will just quickly sign off, and then we'll say goodbye properly. So I just want to say thank you so much, Melissa, for being here and oh. for teaching us the way of occupying the cock. You absolute <laughs> legend. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, 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 that's the end. That is the end. That is the end. I mean, it is great getting these people on to the podcast and interviewing them that have like these crazy lives that feel so sort of far away from my reality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think like, I think the thing that I... Especially when it comes to sex, because that's what we always talk about, isn't it? So... Yeah. And I think the thing that I liked about it is the fact that she was okay with the fact that I could be lighthearted about it and she wasn't like pretentious about this idea that I needed to take it seriously. No. Because it was really fascinating. And there, like I said, I've definitely taken parts away from it of thinking, actually that does make sense being in a long-term relationship and being able to change those things about our lifestyle to make us more connected Mm. and I liked that like especially for someone like me I'm doing so much deep work anyway all the time to feel more deeply connected to Steve is Rob in the house yeah that was Rob (laughs) I was like I just saw a fucking leg mate so like that was really helpful to me and I think I'd like to think that the people that will listen they will take something from it 
And even if it's just a little piece of, oh yeah, that makes sense actually. Yeah, like, just, like relationship just some... advice kind of yeah. thing. And yeah. And I think also just breaking down this idea of like what sex has to be, that it has to be like this cock hole situation. I said that so many times throughout the interview. And she yeah, was no, like, you did, you did. Take, take, just take it off the table, Laura. Stop using <laughs> cock and hole analogies. <laughs> um, but I think that's because that's in my mind, that's how sex has been built. And she helped... And I think there will be other people that will listen and be like, oh, yeah, that's actually a valid point. Why can't we be sexual? Yeah. Because that's half my fucking problem is I'm like, oh, I'm too fucking busy. Like, to I'm doing the kids fucking dinner. And it's like, I don't want to kiss you. But yeah. in actual fact, like having had that conversation with Steve where I'm like, look, mate, if I use tongues, I don't want you to think that's it. She wants me to bend over the kitchen side. Yeah. It's just because I want to kiss you mm. and because I love you. And that's a love language. And he's like, oh, all right. Yeah, oh, cool. my God. I mean, look, my love language is calling Robert Cunt. So <laughs> I've got, I'm going to have to Mate, change quite a lot, really. My love language is, you should have, We like I said, I was crying last night because I absolutely <laughs> lost my shit at Steve. And then two hours later, I apologised because I felt really bad and I lost my temper over nothing. Yeah. It wasn't nothing, but I was just being hypersensitive. And then I spent another two hours crying at him. He's like, okay, no problem. My life is so brilliant. I love that I married you. <laughs> you are the love of my life. <laughs> oh, God. Weirdly, oh, he said he don't want to be anywhere else. It's uh, just so... very complicated anyway, isn't it? I mean... That's the thing. I think relationships and long-term relationships are complicated. And I think that if you're in a long-term relationship, we've both said and we've both admitted that you can lose your path in connection. And that's the thing that I've really taken from this is reconnecting with Steve like I would have done earlier on in our relationship and finding that time, not being like, oh my God, I just don't have enough time. Like if we're in the kitchen, just cuddle each other. Mm. I know, you know what? I get it and I, I am on board with it but equally I feel like it's it's hard isn't it because it's a lot of time especially if you've got young kids then you're so touched out like do you know what I mean yeah I know and maybe that's the difference to me that's the difference with me if, if four years ago I'd have been like fuck off yeah. like fuck off but that's I okay don't have it in me. that's what it's about isn't it I think it's about it's the about- journey recognizing that they're going to be stages in your life where it's just not a priority and it wasn't like I cannot fucking stress enough there was no priority in my life when the boys were younger and yeah. we had a puppy as well like we got Willow when Toby was three he was potty training yeah I was fucking my life was awful you yeah. know it was so fucking stressful we barely ever had sex yeah we didn't even fucking hold hands then because we were always holding the kids hands like there was nothing about our relationship that was like united no it wasn't we were just coexisting having Mm -hmm. fucked and created two fucking kids and then having to get through it and now we're coming out the other side of it and i guess the thing that we've learned some people come out the other side of it and they go i don't want to be with you anymore like there's no connection and i've lost that and i don't find you attractive and then they separate Steve and I are different in that we've come out the other side of it and we are still connected and we do still have that connection and we do still want to work at it, even though there are times when I fucking have a go at him for no reason and then I have to apologise two hours later and cry at him for another two hours. But all he wanted to do was just watch something on Netflix. Oh, 
it's a lot, but it's it's good to get someone else's insight, isn't it? So thank you, for, Melissa, for joining us. Yeah, and um, I'm sure we'll um, taking us on your journey on your cock worship. Yes, journey. Um, right. So if you want to send us a story or a confession, they've been racking or, up lately, haven't they, mate? Yes, they have. We've had so many. Uh, any other business, you can email us at noholesbarpodcast at gmail and what else can they do? Ooh. They can head on over to our Instagram page at No Holds Barred Podcast and they can slide on into our DMs. And every week I tend to put out a little question where I say confession time and you can pop something in the box where you can leave your little confession and know that it won't go any further other than mine and Vic's juicy lips. Oh, hello. Um, all right, then. We'll uh, see you next week, Slags. See you next week. Slags. Ah. Ah.